Christmas night, candlelight, an otherworldly glow. Another year, another tear, the festive season flow. We've been counting down and building up, waiting for this day. May there be light, may we be bright, give thanks in all we say. Christmas Eve, it's time to breathe, still hoping for that snow. Another year, cup full of cheer, the festive season flow. Void with joy, weighed down with sad, however was your year. Pull up a chair, get cosy there. Christmas time is here. Hello, my friend, and welcome to episode eight of the Calm Christmas podcast. I am your host, Beth Kempton, and this episode is called Christmas time is here and breathe, you've got this. Those opening words were from a short poem I penned inspired by the opening line of Coldplay's gorgeous song, Christmas Night, which always reminds me that there are many versions of Christmas, depending on our life stage, expectations and personal circumstances. Whatever kind of a year you've had, you're here, you made it. You may not be the same person you were last Christmas. You may see the world differently because of all that has unfolded in the past few months. You may want and need something different from Christmas this year compared to years gone by. In an ever-changing world, Christmas is one of the few constants we can rely on. May we pay attention to this annual market in our lives as it arrives again. And may it be exactly what we want and need this year. This is a moment to breathe, reflect and be thankful. So go on, pull up a chair and relax, my friend. It is Christmas after all. Once upon a time, a Japanese poet named Matsuo Basho wrote a famous haiku which went, even in Kyoto, I long for Kyoto. This perfectly sums up the romanticism and nostalgia I feel about the festive season. Even at Christmas, I long for Christmas. My wish for you is that you sense the quiet and subtle beauty of the season beneath the chaos and the noise, that you can soak in the festive sparkle and magic, inhale the bitter sweetness of another year coming to an end, light a candle in the face of any darkness, and focus on all the blessings in your life. I'm going to keep it short today because Christmas is nearly upon us and we all have things to do, I'm sure. For me, it will, I hope, mostly be a treasure hunt with my children, hot chocolate by the sea, some unhurried food preparation while listening to carols from kings on the radio, a Christmas movie perhaps, the ritual of stockings hung by the fire, the night before Christmas, read before bed, and a lovely candlelit dinner with my husband. How about you, I wonder? It has been so lovely hearing from so many of you these past few weeks, sharing where and how you've been listening 
on a dog walk, on a long drive, by the Christmas tree, in the potting shed while making a wreath, even tramping through the snow in the Arctic. Hearing about that reminded me how years ago, when our eldest was tiny, we went to the Arctic Circle, to a place called Kaxlautnen. Not sure if I pronounced that right, but anyway. Um, a place where you can stay in a snowy cabin or sleep in a transparent igloo and watch the northern lights. It was so cold, my eyelashes froze. Our daughter got sick. It was awful. She threw up all over Mr K in the restaurant and he had to get back to the cabin in minus 10 with nothing on under his jacket. And at one point, we had to take our daughter 100 kilometres to the nearest clinic to get medicine for chickenpox. That was terrifying. And she slept through much of the trip and missed the reindeer encounter entirely. They then served reindeer for dinner, which I couldn't imagine eating. And the whole thing was nothing like we had expected. But it was also incredible in so many ways. Mr K went snowmobiling in the moonlight. We drank glug by the fire as we watched the snow keep on falling. The northern lights were otherworldly, purple and green, pulsating waves in a field of stars. But the best part of all was that the owner of Kaxlautnen, who we'd gone there to interview, was the spitting image of Father Christmas himself. I never did find out whether it was actually him or not. Some things are better left as a mystery. But just in case, I thought I'd share a reading from a very magical book that I've shared on this podcast before, um, one I know that many of you subsequently went and bought and have treasured. Um, so I thought I'd share a different snippet from it this year in case it inspires you. It's called Letters from Father Christmas. And it's full of letters written by Father Christmas to the children of J.R.R. Tolkien, no less. And it was collated by his daughter, Bailey Tolkien. This entry is actually from Boxing Day 1928, written in a wobbly hand, in fountain pen and dark red ink. Boxing Day 1928. I am frightfully sorry. I gave this to the polar bear to post and he forgot all about it. We found it on the hall table today. But you must forgive him. He has worked very hard for me and he is dreadfully tired. We've had a busy Christmas. Very windy here. It blew several sleighs over before they could start. Love again, Father Christmas. That was the cover letter to a missive dated December the 20th, 1928, which recounts a story of the polar bear falling down the stairs while carrying a huge pile of presents, which ended like this. Well, my dears, I hope you will like the things I'm bringing. Nearly all you asked for, and lots of other little things you didn't, and which I thought of at the last minute. I hope you will share the railway things and farm and animals often and not think they're absolutely only for the one whose stocking they were in. Take care of them, for they are some of my very best things. Just delightful. I rather hope Father Christmas sends a letter to my children this year. You never know. So, how will you be spending Christmas Eve? Carol singing like author Laurie Lee did as a boy, I wonder. Listen to this, from Cider with Rosie by Laurie Lee. Our first call, as usual, was the house of the squire as we trooped nervously down his drive. For light, we had candles in marmalade jars suspended on loops of string, and they threw pale gleams on the towering snowdrifts that stood on each side of the drive. A blizzard was blowing, but we were well wrapped up, with army putties on our legs, woolen hats on our heads, and several scarves around our ears. 
As we approached the big house across its white, silent lawns, we too grew respectfully silent. The lake nearby was stiff and black, the waterfall frozen and still. We arranged ourselves shuffling around the big front door, then knocked and announced the choir. A maid bore the tidyings of our arrival away into the echoing distances of the house, and while we waited, we cleared our throats noisily. Then she came back, and the door was left ajar for us, and we were bidden to begin. We brought no music. The carols were in our heads. Let's give him wild shepherds, said Jack. We began in confusion, plunging into a wreckage of keys, of different words and tempo, but we gathered our strength. He who sang loudest took the rest of us with him, and the carol took shape, if not sweetness. This huge stone house with its ivied walls was always a mystery to us. What were those gables, those rooms and attics, those narrow windows veiled by the cedar trees? As we sang Wild Shepherds, we craned our necks, gaping into that lamplit hall which we had never entered, staring at the muskets and untenanted chairs, the great tapestries furred by dust. Until suddenly, on the stairs, we saw the old squire himself standing and listening with his head on one side. He didn't move until we'd finished. Then slowly he tottered towards us, dropped two coins in our box with a trembling hand, scratched his name in the book we carried, gave us each a long look with his moist, blind eyes, then turned away in silence. As though released from a spell, we took a few sedate steps, then broke into a run for the gate. We didn't stop till we were out of the grounds, impatient at last to discover the extent of his bounty, we squatted by the cowsheds, held our lanterns over the book, and saw that he had written two shillings. This was quite a good start. No one of any worth in the district would dare to give us less than the squire. Oh, such a wonderful book, Side with Rosie. I just love a good story at this time of year, don't you? I hope that if you are the same, you can find a few minutes to curl up with a book. If not today, then perhaps in the days ahead. You know, at this point, what is done is done. And well done for getting it done. And what isn't yet done may not get done. And you know what? That's probably okay. Why not take a look at your to-do list and see how many things you can strike off it to make time just to enjoy this sparkling moment in the year instead. Put some Christmas music on, light a candle, pour a mug or glass of something wintry and take a moment for gratitude before the chaos tumbles in. And if you're going to be missing someone at your table this Christmas, please do go back and listen to episode 7 in the bleak midwinter, pausing, remembering, honouring. And while we're gathered here today, let's open up to the spirit of Christmas and remember that those of us who feel cosy at home are the lucky ones. Let's take a moment to think of all who are caught up in all suffering from the fallout of war this year. I'd like to share some words from the lovely book A Ukrainian Christmas by Nadia Gerbish and Yaroslav Hitzak. Many Ukrainian carols have a distinct trace of sadness to them. Even the traditional Christmas fast unlike Advent, is spent in abstaining, prayer and contemplation. 
Likewise, Ukrainian Christmas Eve dinner traditions are focused on commemorating deceased family members, gratitude for being alive and together as a family, and expressing hope for a rich harvest in the coming year. As an agricultural society, Ukrainians have always depended on the crops from their fields to survive. Christmas is a time that reminds us that justice and love prevail, even when it seems that both are slowly dying. It ensures the indestructibility of hope in times of the greatest hopelessness. I'd also like to share an extract from Dot May Dunn's Memoir of Life During World War II, Christmas Around the Village Green. As we eat, we listen to Christmas carols on the wireless. For tonight, the war is forgotten. Father has a good voice and he sings all the carols with gusto, only stopping when a young boy's voice sounds, clear as a bell ringing, and then a choir joins him. Mother loves her music. She seems to rest only when the music plays on the wireless on Saturday night. Now she sinks onto the city. Father places his finger to his lips, and all is silent. We know to give Mother her moment of peace. And now it's time for our nature corner. Either today, if you're up early, or tomorrow morning, perhaps, look out for morning mist, which brings a particular kind of hush to the landscape. According to Elizabeth Jenner in What to Look For in Winter, morning mists happen when warmer water in the air cools rapidly, causing it to change from invisible gas to tiny water droplets. As the day progresses and the sun moves further overhead, the air heats up again. The droplets then evaporate and become gas, and the mist vanishes. Of course, it depends where you live and what kind of weather you have. So let's extend this to going outside today or tomorrow morning and spending five minutes in the weather, whatever the weather, noticing what is happening in the sky and marvelling at the miracle of it all. And today's writing exercise is inspired by an Our Nature Corner. Why not take a moment to write a poem today called The Sky on Christmas Eve? See what comes. And now it's time for some Christmas traditions from all around the world. I'm thinking of you all in your Christmas Eveness, and I'd like to share some stories sent in by listeners from all corners of this beautiful planet about their traditions at this moment in the year. Thank you so much to everyone who has sent something in. At the Sage Heaven on Instagram, we live in Galway, Ireland, and Christmas Eve evening is my favourite part of the celebrations. Before bed, we make hot chocolate with all the trimmings. The girls open their Christmas Eve boxes, which contain festive PJs, a stuffed toy, a book, a decoration for the tree, and sometimes a little surprise. It's like Christmas Day without all the pressure and cooking. Sarah Welsh at Beautiful Serenity UK on Instagram says, Christmas Eve, we'd walk down to church, walking along what's now a busy main road. Back then, it was beautifully lit with Christmas lights, angels and bells, trees and stars. Often the night was crisp, so we wrapped up warm. 
After the service and glorious hymns, we'd excitedly head home to warm mince pies, sausage rolls and mulled wine and spiced punch, drinking it before we head to our cosy beds. And Kelly Hargy, at Wild Words by Kelly on Instagram, says, I live in Northern Ireland. When I was a child, every Christmas Eve, my four siblings and I would sing jingle bells on our way up the stairs to bed. Now my own three children carry on this tradition, as do their cousins, and we share the videos with their grandparents, so we're all still part of it. It's a family tradition. We have no idea how it started, but it remains a magical moment before Santa arrives. And Shalene, who's at Charlie High on Instagram, says, From Germany, in our family, we have the tradition of going to the cinema at noon on the 24th. We'd always watch the latest Disney movie with the whole family, ranging from young children to grandparents. Especially as a child, I was always super excited about this. It felt special. The cinema itself was calm and not as busy as usual. And then this has come in from France, from at Anne-Charlotte Labonde on Instagram. On the 24th, we are all cooking together at my great-aunt's house. Then we all get ready together. Big family, lots of cousins my age. Christmas means proper shiny dresses, hair and makeup done like no other day. My family is a bit crazy, so some years we have enough different desserts for each person at the table. Wow, that's amazing. (laughs) After dinner, we played board games and chat until we're too tired to move. Not a French tradition per se, but I love it nonetheless. At Ali Berry Photography says, I grew up in Romania and Father Christmas comes on Christmas Eve over there. My granddad used to dress up as Father Christmas every year. I have this distinct memory of a Christmas Eve when I was about three or four. My granddad went out to buy bread and while he was gone, Father Christmas came. I was quite sad that my granddad had missed him, but he reassured me that he bumped into him on his way back. Now, Sophia Baratta, who is at Baratta4054 on Instagram, told us about a Portuguese tradition. She says, a simple meal of cod for dinner on Christmas Eve going with all the family to church at midnight, coming back home and exchanging presents with all the family with more sweet treats. King and queen cakes. I'm going to really mess this up with my Portuguese accent now. Filios and rabanada sesonios. Not sure what that is, but um, sounds wonderful. Lots of hilarity. Going to bed very, very late. Christmas day is quieter. Taking stock. And then Nicola at Art by Nicola on Instagram says, I'm living in Ireland in County Armagh and every Christmas Eve my family and extended family go to Christmas Eve Mass. The choir is always wonderful and we have a little candle burning on our loved one's graves. Then everyone comes to my house for mulled wine and cheese and salmon and lots of wonderful different bits and pieces. The house is all lit up with fairy lights and full of happy, excited voices. And then turning to Christmas Day, just for a couple more. And one all the way from Victoria, Australia. This is Jade at Briarly and Clover on Instagram. My children's favourite Christmas tradition is the Christmas swim. After getting up at the crack of dawn to open presents, they're in the pool by 6.30 in the morning. We all sit outside enjoying croissants and savoury toast watching the kids swim. My favourite traditions are buying a special Christmas candle and lighting it just before our friends arrive for our annual Christmas party and driving around looking at Christmas lights while listening to Christmas music. And then from the other side of the world, 
Janine Everett at Neenington's on Instagram says, Christmas morning walk to see the sea swim. Sometimes my husband braves the chilly Atlantic waters. Thousands of people line the beach. It's a wonderful atmosphere and we always see people, um, friends and exchange festive greetings. And then finally at Brew Trevisani on Instagram says, Every Christmas morning me and my little one wake up, make hot chocolate, open the presents and have cuddles on the sofa with our cat, listening to Christmas songs and later on watching Christmas films. There's nothing unusual about it, but it feels like the most special thing in the world for us and it's something to look forward to throughout the year. Beautiful. So many lovely stories. I wonder if you will be carrying out old traditions this year or bringing in some new ones. In the lovely book A Country Christmas, edited by Johnny Coppin, I found this old-time tradition. Girls who want to see an image of their future partner should walk backwards around the nearest pear tree nine times. In Northamptonshire, the girl who goes into the garden at midnight and plucks 12 sage leaves will see the shadowy form of her future husband approaching from the opposite end of the garden. Reading that, I wondered whether Mrs Claus must be from Northamptonshire. Hmm. Here in my house, each morning in December, we've been lighting the Advent candle and taking it in turns to read a poem aloud from lovely book 100 best christmas poems for children edited by roger mcgoff and then opening our advent calendars it's been such a lovely gentle way to start each day and i am going to miss it right it is time for this week's recipe I have something very easy for you because obviously it's very close to Christmas now. Um, Roasted nuts, a lovely snack to offer as you hand around Christmas drinks. I like using things like pecans, walnuts, cashews and almonds, macadamias if I'm feeling fancy. They're very expensive these days so there's usually just a couple. Um, It's nice with pumpkin seeds as well and maybe some fresh rosemary too. And you'll also need some maple syrup and a little bit of sea salt. Very easy to make. Preheat the oven to about 170 degrees. Take any unroasted, unsalted nuts that you like. Scatter them on a baking tray lined with greaseproof paper. Squirt on a couple of tablespoons of maple syrup and some sea salt. Mix it all round and cook it for about 15 minutes, stirring halfway through. If you want to make it um, kind of deeper, richer flavour, you can add a little bit of melted butter when you add the maple syrup um, or some olive oil if you want a dairy-free alternative Um, These are absolutely delicious. Make sure you let them cool before you tuck in because they get very, very hot. I personally just throw it all in without measuring, but if you would like a step-by-step recipe with specific amounts of each ingredient, I found a link for a really nice one, sweet, salty, spicy party nuts, um, which I've popped in the show notes. It's very similar and you can try that. Now, a little craft. Um... This is something that I have actually done secretly for the first time this year, inspired by the Village Christmas Fair, and that is to make a tombola for Christmas Day. You can wrap up random fun things, anything left over from the re-gifting box that you've gathered all year long, um, or perhaps you could fill empty boxes with jokes and forfeits or little tasty snacks. And then you can just make some raffle tickets. You need two of each number, obviously. Stick one on each prize and then fold up the rest. Pop them in a dish or a box and hey, there's your tombola. 
I actually found an old book of raffle tickets on eBay for £1.27. So I bought that and I stuck tickets ending in fives and zeros on 10 gifts. And then I tore up 50 tickets and I've got them ready in a drawstring bag. Um, not every ticket is a winner, so it's going to add to the excitement. And I've got 450 tickets left. So that's another nine years of Christmas tombolas for £1.27. Not bad, hey? Um, also, a fun little game I wanted to share with you. It's an old favourite from a beloved book I've had since I was a child. It was called The Christmas Handbook by Malcolm Bird and Alan Dart. And it's full of fun things for children to do. I'm sure it's out of print, but if you can get your hands on a copy, it's a very sweet book. So see if anyone can work out how to tie a ribbon around a box-shaped parcel without letting go of the ends of the ribbon. So if you put the ribbon underneath and a present on top, or a box on top, and then you have to try and tie the ribbon without letting go of the ends. And for you, so that you know how to do it, it's actually very easy. You lay out the ribbon, put the present on top, and then you fold your arms and pick up the two ends of the ribbon and unfold your arms and you will have tied it without letting go. Ta-da! Just a fun thing. Okay, it's time for our Get Ahead tips. We're nearly there. So now is a good time to hand deliver any remaining cards and gifts. Do your Christmas food shopping if you haven't done that yet. Get rooms ready for visitors. You might want to put a welcome gift on the bed, like a Christmas decoration to hang on your tree would be nice. Good time to clean the toilets. Um, Create a quiet space for anyone to retreat to if you're having guests. This can be really lovely, especially if you've got lots of children coming. Um, maybe a corner of a quiet room with bean bags, um, some headphones with some quiet music or, um, you know, some books to look at or jigsaw to do or just some place that people know they can go to if everything gets a bit too much with all the noise with everyone. And a great tip is to put a recovery kit in the bathroom or take one with you if you're staying somewhere else. Um, if you find visitors overwhelming and you could put in that like a calming essential oil, some affirmations, a little poetry book, perhaps something that you can just enjoy for five minutes and take a break from the chaos if you're gathered with a lot of people and you find that to be a lot. And of course, make sure you're subscribed to the podcast so you don't miss the two special episodes coming up. We've got two episodes this week to round out series three. Uh, One is going live on December the 27th, and that's all about making the most of the hush, which is what I call the beautiful time between Christmas and New Year. And then on December 30th, on the cusp of the new year, we have our final episode of the series. And you are invited to my Winter Writing Sanctuary, which begins on December the 28th and runs for 10 days to January the 6th. Due to the cost of living crisis, I've made it free this year. So if you haven't registered yet, you can do that for free at dowhatyouloveforlife.com. Come and join me and writers from around the world for some gentle inspiration and an intentional approach to the new year. And I actually have something to ask from you this week. It would mean so much to me if you could take a moment today to give this podcast a rating and a review or just a rating in whatever app you're listening on. Five starry stars would be nice, of course. Um, It is Christmas after all. It takes a huge amount of time and work um, to put together a podcast. It is a complete joy, but it really 
is great to know that it reaches as many people as possible after all the work that we put into it. Um, and reviews and ratings really help people who don't know anything about me or the podcast to try it out. So if you could take a moment to do that, I would really appreciate it. It would help others to discover it. Thank you so much. So what's coming up? December the 24th, Christmas Eve. Don't miss Carols from Kings via the BBC. This is a long time tradition in my house. December the 25th, Christmas Day. December the 26th, Boxing Day, of course. And then on December the 27th, we have a special episode of the podcast coming. Episode 9, Silent Night, Relishing the Hush. And then on December the 28th, the Winter Writing Sanctuary starts and I hope that you will join us. So, it is nearly time, my friends. Christmas Eve is upon us. Christmas Day will soon be here. Take a moment to remember what kind of Christmas you said you wanted and needed this year and focus on that. Light a candle, enjoy mince pie and breathe. You've got this, my friend. I'm going to finish today with an excerpt from The Wind in the Willows by Kenneth Graham. This is found in Favourite Poems for Christmas, a child's collection. Villagers all, this frosty tide, let your doors swing open wide. Though wind may follow and snow beside, yet draw us in your fire to bide. Joy shall be yours in the morning. Here we stand in the cold and the sleet, blowing fingers and stamping feet. Come from far away, you to greet. You by the fire and we in the street, bidding you joy in the morning. Wishing you a calm, joyful Christmas and a happy new year, my friend. You have been listening to the Calm Christmas Podcast with me, Beth Kempton, produced by Untapped Talent. Don't forget to subscribe and please tell your friends. For a peek into my perfectly imperfect Christmas, come and find me on Instagram at Beth Kempton or on Substack bethkempton.substack.com Stay warm and cosy my friend. May you be visited by the spirit of Christmas this year.